I am afraid that I have much news, and most of it is terrible. Welcome to The Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Ineash Brodsky. And I'm David. All right, so you know how the intro is like, all the news is bad? <laughs> we're, we're really living up to that this week. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, do, we do have a happy news section that's still happening, but uh, we've got to get through some shit first. A whole pile of shit. And we're going to start with, of course, Ukraine. So, Ukraine's been invaded, uh, as you probably know by now. We're recording this uh, Monday the 28th at 2 p.m., so we only know what what has happened up until then. Probably a bunch of shit will happen in the next couple days before we get this out. Uh, So, you know, consult your local news source. Uh, Was was anyone else legit surprised that he actually went full-on invasion? I thought he was just going to, you know, annex that one little area after he declared its independence and Russia's supporting it. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I was definitely surprised at that. But, you know, I know nothing about... uh, uh, this kind of thing, but I think all the, that's what all the smart people expected. Yeah. Uh, except apparently the U.S. intelligence apparatus who got this one right. That's what I hear. I don't know much about the U.S. intelligence apparatus or what they predicted. I thought, aren't they usually trying not to tell people what they're predicting? Often. Um, but when it's something like this, I feel like it's not a big secret. Okay. Like, hey guys, we think Russia's going to invade Ukraine. It's not like, oh no, don't tell anybody. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Putin. Did any of you watch uh, Putin's official statement on the matter? I did not, no. but uh-huh. I hear you did. So. Why don't you tell us about it? I did, yes. It's uh, it's available on YouTube with English translations because it's not like he's trying to make a secret of what he's doing here. Um, it's really interesting. A lot of people are calling him like unhinged. Um, and I mean, I guess they're not they're not wrong. There's definitely some parts of it that are crazy. Like when he says that he's uh going in there to denazify uh denazify Ukraine. He says the the purpose is to protect people who for eight years have been facing genocide perpetrated by the Kiev regime, and we're going to demilitarize and denazify Ukraine and bring those people to trial, uh, which, I don't know, the whole, it, it rind, reminded me instantly of the people over here who are, um, you know, being genocided by their political opponents, and uh, all their opponents are Nazis, which is, I guess, happening to both sides, but um, no one here has yet declared war <laughs> on parts of the, the people they hate in the U.S., whereas uh, Putin has. But yeah, he, when you watch the video, at the very beginning, he basically, at least, I'm coming this from my perspective as someone who lived through the early 90s and saw Russia basically completely lose by the Western powers. And as far as I can tell, he's really um, still hung up on that and doesn't want it to happen again and is trying to like just solidify Russia as its own independent place that doesn't need the rest of the world anymore. And uh, part of that is having Ukraine. And, uh, you know, I can't entirely blame him based on what happened before, but uh, he, he invaded another nation that wasn't threatening him at all just because he wanted it. And uh, that's that's pretty fucked up. I do think that he definitely thought war was absolutely inevitable. It, it was going to be coming at some point in the near future and he figured now is the best time to start it if it's going to come anyway so uh that that is my take on his so i always yeah, forget I... that like national pride is a real thing that <laughs> motivates people and every time i forget i have to remind myself that like we went to the moon in 1969 which is like super expensive like giant thing we did just to show up russia yeah. and i always have to remind myself of that because i'm like oh yeah national pride is an actual thing that motivates 
motivates people. And that seems to be what's going on here is that Putin thinks, you know, Ukraine was belonged to Russia. It was wrongfully taken away and he wants it back. And it's just like a pride thing. It's not not really like a, you know, a real politic explanation or whatever. I want to yeah. say that's a I, large part of it, but he definitely feels threatened. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I like Zvi Moskowitz's explanation, which is Putin's reasons are so flimsy and obviously nonsensical that they should be interpreted as Putin saying, I don't need a reason, also fuck you, uh, hmm. to like the national or international order. Which simulacrum level uh, is that? That <laughs> would be... Simulacrum level, level middle uh, finger. Probably level three. Um, yeah, because he's, he's declaring opposition to the international order. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, but that's like an actual policy position. He holds not one he's just trying to say. So yeah, level three. I think it's legit just to take him at his word. It reminds me a lot of the people who are like, <clears throat> uh, all those people in the past who said they were doing things for religious reasons. They, you know, were just using religion to hide their true motivations. And I'm sure there's other motivations as well, but I, I think we can just take them at their word that they actually thought they were doing this for, you know, the glory of God or whatever, if they say that. And I kind of think that uh, Putin's the same here, that he he legit remembers when, you know, 2,500% inflation wiped out the savings of everyone in Russia and their life expectancy dropped by five years and the GDP dropped by 50% and he just wants to secure Russia against that ever happening again in the future and somehow thought this would be the right way to do that. I think we should not take Putin in his word because he claimed that his motivation was to denazify Ukraine. <laughs> well, that part was obviously bullshit. Apparently, apparently Ukraine, run by Nazis, who knew? Apparently the Ukrainian Nazis. Yeah, apparently. Uh, and, and Putin is the only one. He figured it out. Um, well, Putin's, um, you know, whole plan here to prevent Russia from, like, descending into uh, a horrible morass is, um, I don't think he's doing it right. No. <laughs> um, considering the, uh, the sanctions that are happening. Speaking of sanctions, did you guys hear about the uh, one sanction that might actually work? Are we talking about the Swift one? No, we're talking about the one that would work. <laughs> mm, I haven't heard of the one that would work. Which one is that? The, the one gas that and oil pun- one? Uh, no, it's the uh, the international uh, judo convention withdrew <laughs> uh, Putin's black belt and his uh, uh, international ambassador status or whatever. Oh, what? Shit. Yeah. Ooh, that's going to be rough. Yeah. I bet he's, I bet he's crying given, about it. Yeah, especially given your troop deployment. <laughs> right. He's probably never going to recover. But yes, uh we, we have heard about the sanctions. Did you want to kick those off? Yeah, yeah. So the biggest sanction everyone was talking about was kicking Russian banks out of with, um, which the SWIFT system is, is is you know, I don't I never heard about this before last week. I don't know if anyone else did. But it's apparently how banks um, transfer money to each other electronically. And the, they, a few, like, uh, I think two of Russia's, the two biggest banks in Russia have been kicked out of it. And apparently those two banks control nearly 60% of Russia's banking, which is a lot for just two banks. Um, in response to this, um, the ruble value has gone down 30%. Moscow Stock Exchange didn't open today. They claim it's going to They claim it's gonna open at 3 o'clock. We'll see. Um, their biggest bond issuance, the value is down 50%. Uh, S&P Global rated their their uh, what is it? The bond, their bond rating is now junk. Nice. <laughs> um, they've banned residents from sending money abroad. Oh, that's good. And they've announced they're considering seizing citizens' assets. 
to to pay their bills. You know what's never gone terribly wrong in Russia? Communism. <laughs> Seizing the means of production? No, they're not going to do that. They're just going to seize the money. I... Um, there's a there's a David Frum article that I'll post in the show notes. Um, that it says uh, you know the sanctions are are real. They're the real deal. Um, and actually worries that they'll be too effective. Yeah. Um, now I'm not a big, huge fan of David from. I think he's a little, he's a little hawkish for me. He was one of the Iraq War guys who was like, yeah, war, and has uh, never really repented from that. I think he might be one of the guys who's, who's still like, yeah, that was a good idea too. Um, so take that with a grain of salt. But it was a good article. It talks and it, it talks about how um, the the real difficulty for Putin here is going to be stabilizing the rubles value because that's what all their accessible reserves are. Um, and they have a bunch of reserves they hold in U.S. dollars, but they're not held inside of Russia. They're in other banks. And the international order could, if they wanted to, cut them off from the fund. Uh, and, they, you know, they might do that. Um, and they have partially done that already and might escalate in the future if uh, these this continues. So the I think the lamest part about all this is that uh, the sanctions specifically exempt the thing that brings in most of Russia's money, uh, that being gas and oil exports, uh, which, which at that point like why why are you bothering sanctioning them if you're gonna let their big income stream keep coming well i imagine that was because europe wouldn't do it yeah because they're the ones buying all the gas not like yeah. Chadley America, who just fracks all our own mountain. Get our <laughs> It's almost like Germany shouldn't have shut down those nuclear reactors. Yeah. What? Well, no. What so are you they, talking about? They did actually announce plans to extend the lives of their remaining uh, reactors due to volatility. So thanks, Putin. Oh, that, that's actually awesome. It was all worth it in the end. Honestly, I mean, if this results with a lot of nations creating a lot of electrical power plants, then I, it may actually have been. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, that's no like joke. On a, on a worldwide scale that would yeah. uh that and that is probably the best way to like give the middle finger at russia also um uh one definite way that i can see this ending is uh putin who is an elderly man uh suffering a oh i don't know 30 caliber brain hemorrhage um and uh serious big boy sanctions are definitely a way to possibly provoke that uh so the trigger desperate actions from russia concern I see as definitely a concern, but it depends on whether it triggers more desperation in Putin or in Putin's generals who are in a position to assassinate him. And I feel like it's probably going to hurt the oligarchs more than the uh, would-be monarchs. So yeah, so I know some of the sanctions are specifically targeting all. I'm I'm so you heard that uh what in response to some of this uh Russia upped its nuclear um right yeah from, so from Russia lowest. is yeah they think someone was saying there's four levels and they went from level the bottom level to the second level yeah which is is definitely worrisome I don't know I I could absolutely see Putin like if this goes very badly sending nukes as a parting shot because this is an existential thing for him uh, whether they would actually be launched is I don't know I'm less sure about that I think there'd be people who just say no and then do that you know 50 caliber brain damage thing you were talking about about. Uh, 30. 30 caliber? I don't know, man. They, they come in all calibers nowadays, right? Um, uh, but... not, in, not in Russia. Okay. <laughs> it's actually a meme. All Russian guns are 30 caliber. Is Really? Yes. Huh. Well, okay. if it's a meme. Then it must be true. Yeah. That's that's how memes work. The, uh, the latest generations of um, 
uh, AKs are uh, like uh, 224, I think. Uh, but other than that, all Russian guns are 30 caliber, yeah. except for like the heavy machine guns. Roxy wants you to stop talking about guns. <laughs> I don't know. Tell Roxy you... I refuse. <laughs> like, based based on his speech and what I think he thinks about the situation, I wouldn't be surprised to see him attempt that. Maybe. How likely do yeah, you think I... it actually go off? Not, I'm, not at all likely. I'm not sure how seriously to take his reported unhingedness, but that would be committing political and probably literal suicide on his part. Yes. So I, I don't see it happening unless, like, things get really bad for russia and like if the ukrainian military ends up threatening moscow then <laughs> it might happen anything else i think i think putin's going to prefer to take uh being dictator of russia as a consolation prize all right yeah, well, what if there's, uh, there's plenty here you can just use to declare victory and go home yeah you think oh sure i mean he's he's already got those those two separate um, I, I so he really can just hope... say like yes this is what we were here for and uh uh, you know, we were trying to denazify Ukraine, but they apparently love their Nazis. So we're just gonna let them be not. I think it would be great if there was some way for him to save face and pull out, but I don't know how likely that is. Uh, if he hasn't achieved anything at all from his push towards Kiev. Yeah, I mean, I'm, so I'm not updating on this nuclear readiness announcement at all, just because it's totally expected. Yeah. Um, you know, Putin. It is entirely in his best interest to come across as, oh, this crazy guy who might launch nuke if you mess with him too much um so yeah you don't you don't think if a, a nato nation sent some troops in to interfere with the war he might uh he might launch a nuke maybe not even into a city but just nearby as a warning shot i don't know whether he would or not but maintaining the appearance of that is uh in his best interest so i expect him to do it all right even if he, even if he even if he wouldn't act yeah um but you know i the the chances of a nuclear launch i put is very low it's just it would be catastrophic so even a very low chance is bad and worth paying attention to. I guess I'm mostly just worried about how likely his underlings are to uh, stand up against him. Like, did you see that video of him grilling his uh, spy chief? No, I didn't watch any of these videos. Oh man, he was he was basically like, so do you support this or do you not support this? And the guy was just obviously hedging his bet, trying to say whatever he thought Putin wanted to hear. And Putin just kept pushing him like, so are you for this or against this? And he's like, yes, yes, if 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 this is in our, I am for it. And like, he, he seemed kind of terrified of Putin. Why and is if this he's, on video? Video. Putin wants people to that see seems, this? I don't know. That seems like a private conversation, unless it's, you know, for show. It, it was in a larger uh, assembly where he was getting advice from various advisors, and yeah, it's it's available. It was publicized by them. Yeah. Again, I feel like, I don't know, everything in America that I see politicians doing, I just assume is propaganda, um, so I don't see why it would be any different in Russia. Like, I'm sure Putin has those actual conversations behind closed doors. Yeah. I think if people are legit scared of him and legit scared of going against any of his wishes like that, then uh, he would not be he would not be against showing that off. Yeah, sure, but I mean, what do you? It sounds like something Donald Trump would do. Like, hey, yeah. let me go, me humiliate this guy. <laughs> I I don't think Putin is that different from Donald Trump, to be honest. Oh, he's I feel like a much better Trump. Oh, he's a better leader, yeah, but personality-wise, eh, I don't know. Well, Trump didn't launch any nukes. He was actively <laughs> a dove. He did say that I have a bigger redder button than you. He did say that, but then you know. 
no, didn't push it. Um, so speaking of nuke, uh, Belarus has decided that they're gonna have some, so that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, they just did a constitutional referendum to apparently their constitution said they couldn't host nuclear weapons, and uh, now they changed it uh, in like six hours, which is um, interesting. I'm not sure how they pulled that off that quickly. Uh, right. Probably totally legit though. Nothing, to, nothing to see here. Well, if you saw Ukraine getting invaded by uh, by Russia, wouldn't you want to maybe get some nukes on your side? I mean, not if I was Russia's biggest ally. I mean, this is definitely a pro-Russia move. You be- really? Yeah, Belarus is not... They, they're they not going to develop their own nuclear weapon. This is to allow Russia to put nuclear weapons in Belarus oh. so they can fire them. Okay. Um, Belarus is like Russia's, Russia's lackey. Um, a lot of their military movement to, to Ukraine are going through Belarus, setting up staging. Seems kind of weird that they need to do that, considering that Russia has ICBMs, but okay, I guess. Yeah, I don't... I, I have no idea how, like, nuclear deterrence works anymore that you can launch a missile from anywhere anywhere i don't know why it would matter whether they're in belarus or in russia but i don't know maybe they just want more target more more places they can launch from it could make it harder to take out yeah. all the nukes, I guess. I don't know. If yeah, they... that's the only sense I can make of it. All right. Um, NATO, in response, has mobilized some troops, about 40,000. Um, they're not doing anything yet, but they are, you know, amassing. They are mobilized. That is what happened. So, uh, again, this is a thing that's kind of expected. Um, very, very low likelihood they're going to do anything in Ukraine, but they're just there to, in case Russia decides to leave Ukraine and threaten any NATO. They would be absolutely stupid to go into Ukraine. Yeah, they're not going. Um, there's, NATO has a, uh, pretty, pretty veto-heavy structure. Uh, I think, so, you know, a super majority, at least, if possibly all of the NATO members would have to authorize something like that. It's not going to happen. It is interesting how quickly everybody immediately rallied to Ukraine's side, which I, I don't know, I, I kind of was heartened by that. Also, it worries me a little bit that people aren't actually bothering to uh, to look at uh, at both sides. And I mean, I don't want to be a both sides person, but uh, <laughs> to understand Russia's concerns here, and they're just like, we want to smash Russia, and Russia isn't going to be happy with that. But uh, yeah, like the the EU is already talking about sending fighter jets into Ukraine, which I think is specifically the kind of thing uh, Putin was warning about when he said anyone who interferes will be uh, met with. He didn't say with nukes, but that that is what he meant when he said consequences you cannot imagine from all of history or something well they're not gonna they're not gonna send you know manned fighter jets in ukraine no no they're gonna they... they're gonna give fighter jets to ukraine and if they ukraine wants to use them to fight uh russia well you know that's up to them it does seem kind of crazy how that's kind of been the what what the uh the shelling point we all fell back to that you can give the other side as many weapons as you want as long as you don't send your own sin it doesn't count as a fear yeah and that's um that's been the sort of international order for a while yes the United States has been doing that all over the world. Um, well, speaking of other ways to interfere with the war, uh, <laughs> a lot of people have been um, uh, advocating that U.S. just give visas to anyone in Russia with a STEM degree uh, to come here and massively brain drain them, which I think would be fucking fantastic, although I don't know if has any chance of happening. Like, apparently the U.S. has been trying to attract uh, STEM talent for a while. Earlier this year, they passed a bunch of measures to get more people, uh, foreign people with visas, uh, with STEM degrees visas. I would like to see this happen, but even if it did, like, how would they leave Russia? Airplane? I, I get think they could stop them. Like, remember when uh, oh, Ukraine... Oh, actually, I think um, I think most Western countries have uh, have since banned flights from Russia. 
So, yeah, you probably have to cross the border some. And remember when Ukraine was like, men aged 18 to 60 can't leave Ukraine? You're joining the army? Yep, that happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you probably have to cross into a uh, friendlier country, which uh, sounds difficult. It'd be nice if they went, but yeah. Speaking of leaving the country, Ukrainians uh, going to Slovakia, which we all know as the nation with Slovakian Accords, that made being a mask legal, uh, they will get free uh, health care and legal work possibility, temporary status in Slovakia. Uh, they can use public transport free of charge. The uh, Irish are waiving visas for any refugees from Ukraine. Like, the entire world is like, hey, Ukraine, what's happening to you sucks. Come on, come on over. Yeah, I don't want to be too much of a, a shit grill about this, but it sure is nice to be a white war wreck. Mm. Um... Inyash? Yes. A white Christian war. You know that Slovakia and Sokovia are are, are different places, God right? God damn it. I nope. wasn't Nope. You know Sokovia is a fictional country, right? No, no, they're the same place. That this is the reason we don't have Iron Man anymore. Fucking Sokovia. Inyash. Slovakia. <laughs> um I hate you both so much. <laughs> okay. But anyway, good job, Slovakia. Um that is that is cool. That is a cool thing to do. Um if we wanted to be really cool, we'd just accept all the any Russian person who wants to move here or anyone else but you know people with STEM degrees be good too do we want to mention the Snake Island thing yeah sure I go for it alright well the Snake Island thing was a, a indication of how well Ukrainian propaganda is doing in my opinion uh, everybody loves their present right now too because he's just such a chad like standing around with machine guns saying you know I don't need a ride I need ammo when he was off evacuation like people are falling from left and right but there was also the Snake Island thing where a Russian warship approached this you know little out post on a little island in the Black Sea, and they were like, hey, uh, you guys should surrender. And they replied with, Russian warship, go fuck yourself. And then we're all bombed, uh, you know, just wiped off the, the island, all of them killed. And then it turned out a few days later that they were, no, they, no, they were they were taken, they're they all alive. And, you know, for a while it was kind of cool having having that mythology of uh, of this hero brigade that died rather than surrender. It I was mean, inspiring. I mean, I still think it's pretty inspiring. Yeah. I, I don't see why it's better if they died rather than being captured. I mean, I do, but it still well, seems like calling that fake news is kind of fake news because the like the cool part happened. Yeah, was the radio shame. Yes, but we were told that uh, that they were then wiped out to a man, and for that to not be true, I think is uh sure. It, but to phrase that as Snake Island badass chads are fake news is kind of fake news. Okay, strong propaganda. I mean, sure. sure. The I, thing, I would. The cool would part say, happened. Yeah, I would say the badass chads are not fake news. The bit where they all died. Yeah, but the bit where they all died is part of the badassness. No, it's not. The badassness it really is, is telling the is telling the, the worship no, it, go fuck itself. It, I mean, well, it's like it's like a fifth of the badass. It's I not a say, trivial amount of the badassness, but it's also not a majority of the badassness. No, I don't oh. think it's any of the badassness because at that point, you know, they don't know what's gonna happen. Their badassness was all in that moment. Whatever happens after that, they still did the thing. Well, that sure. is a really good point comment withdrawn <laughs> i disagree because while you are correct that all of their badass 100 of it is wrapped up in that moment that's not how humans and stories work they they have to be you know wiped out to a man to really have the whole mythology behind them sure and mythology it makes, a, it makes a better story if they're yes all, if they're all killed but well, it doesn't make them any less badass no it doesn't make them any less badass yeah. but the whole um mythology the story behind it is where the badassness comes from it's it's I guess. okay if you don't have a story you don't have a uh, much of anything really and that's uh that's a vital part of the story folks this is what happens to you when you when you're a writer <laughs> 
You know what? You start not caring about reality and just caring about the narrative. Uh, the, the reality is that they didn't die, which is, you know, <laughs> part of reality. All right. Well, um, Ineos hates badass Ukrainians. No! He loves it's badass down. Ukrainians. <laughs> right, but, like, he doesn't know of any badass. Oh. Uh, all right. Um, and so latest so latest updates that I've seen are that there was some negotiations um, happening in Belarus. Right on the um, they didn't really decide anything, but they're chatting. Probably a good sign. Yeah, first day, I guess they talked about what they want to have happen as part of the uh, ceasefire arrangement and are going to come back and talk tomorrow. All right. Anyone have any more comments about Russia before we move on? Do we want to quickly talk about uh, Germany? How at first they were totally against the SWIFT things because they get all their gas from Russia, but they have now shut down their gas pipeline with Russia and uh, are ramping up their material again? Uh, yeah, sure. Why don't you tell us about that? <laughs> that is what happened. <laughs> the end. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I I have uh, mixed feelings about this. I'm not sure if my negative feelings are anything more than a Pavlovian response to German defense budgets increasing. But uh, like on an intellectual level, I'm all for it. So yeah, and shutting down the gas pipe. There yeah. were um, people didn't people uh, didn't really expect them to actually do that. I was kind of disappointed with how long it took them to get on board with. Uh, dropping the the uh, or with supporting the Swift ban. I mean, I, I realize they want their gas and they can't pay for the gas very easily. Swift ban goes through, but man, just seemed really really crappy of them. But eh, eventually they they dropped opposition, so that's something. Yeah, and it, you know what did it take like a day? Yeah, two. Give them a break, man. All right, all right. I, I do think that uh, they are one of the nations I would most trust with an army. I uh, so I do think it's just residual anti-Nazi weirdness. So yeah, let let them have an army already. All right, fine. Germany, you can have an army. Thank you. All right, so now we're gonna move on um, one of the stories that kind of got lost in all, uh, which really should not get lost because super important, is the uh, bullshit going on in Canada. Uh, now, when we last left our neighbors to the north, their convoy had been encircling the capital, and um, Trudeau had just invoked the Emergencies Act. Did we cover that last time? Did that happen? That did not happen yet. Okay, so that hadn't happened. Um, so they were just hand-wringing about what to do. Since then, um, the convoy's been disbanded. They went around and around arrested everybody like they could have at any time. Yes. Um, but before that, they decided to take some drastic actions, which should have everybody worried. Um, the first thing they do is invoke the Emergence Act for the first time ever. Um, and which is supposed to be invoked when a state cannot provide the security of its citizens and the federal go Canadian federal government has to step in, which I don't think was the case here. Uh, no, really, this was not this was not a safety issue, um, especially since they they cleared that bridge before this ever happened. Yeah. There was uh, no rampant violence. There were no city blocks burning down. No. So this seemed like a pretty big governor overreach. And the first thing they did was freeze bank accounts <laughs> of protesters, people who donated to protesters, and apparently their families. Yes. Um, which is really fucking crazy that they can do that. They really shouldn't be able to do that. Not even a little bit. So, uh... On a totally unrelated note, uh, I set up a Coinbase account recently. Did you know it's really easy? No, does, it's not easy. Uh, what does that? Wait, wait. What does that matter? He's, he's, Coinbase is a cryptocurrency account. exchange. I understand, but if the government freezes your assets, you don't think Coinbase is going to listen to the government? Yeah, but before you go to a protest, you can just withdraw your uh, crypto into a secure wallet. That is the thing that uh, David should have said. Got to get a secure wallet. Coinbase itself doesn't shit because they will talk to the government as much as anyone else. 
Okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, sorry, yeah. sorry if I was a little too harsh there. No, I no, this is actually an important way. point. If you okay. buy crypto, it's not actually secure if it's on an exchange. Yeah. You have to download it into a secure wallet. I don't know how that works, but Google it. But yeah, the uh, the basically they take away the entire life savings and the ability to make any transactions other than with whatever cash you happen to have in your house when the freeze assets went through and uh, kicks you out of society entirely. Like this is this is a weapon of war. This is literally what we did to Russia by freezing all their assets and kicking them out of SWIFT. No, this, uh, is, this is worse than what we did to Russia. We only did that to, like, part of Russia's economy. Yes, and <laughs> we still like, are buying their gas. Yeah, um, and this for the crime of supporting the protest? Yes, if you give $40. Which they're, which they're characterizing as a terrorist attack in order to justify it, which is just completely insane. Yeah, if you gave up to $40, I think, or if uh, you have a family member that was at the protest. Look, a terrorist is someone who incites fear for political purposes, and this political protest made Justin Trudeau very scared. So <laughs> yeah. therefore, it's terrorism. You do have us there. Justin Trudeau was very scared. It's, yeah, it, it's ridiculous. Like, it, it is, Zvi posted about this as well, um, that there was a number of things going on, but that if you don't really have the right to transact with other people, you don't have any other rights, which is something I talked about just on the last uh, Mind Killer, I believe, and uh, also made a blog post about, and then just a few days later, this shit happened. Uh, but th we see now exactly why that is an issue in Russia. But uh, the the, the um, Zvi said that the only way that it's in the government's interest to pursue this sort of thing is uh, if they want to accelerate. Because otherwise, why are you doing this? Why are you terrorizing your own citizens like this? Unless you want to keep pushing this uh, in order to further suspend freedom and democracy and destroy the rule of law fast. Because uh, that's that's basically what they're doing. The, these people had uh, their ability to interact with society at all including buying groceries taken away without due process uh, without any needed justification the government just said no we don't like you anymore and bam they're gone like this is government overreach this is the real <laughs> uh, this is the real problem that we have been warning about the whole time and Justin just kind of like I, I mean I was fully expecting people to be like oh that's a dumb slippery slope argument you can't just say uh, oh PayPal revoked their money and therefore uh, you're kicking them out of society nothing like that's going to happen and he just took a swan dive straight to the bottom of that slippery slope two days later. I think it was an unforced error. He didn't have to do that, but really demonstrates exactly what they want to do here. Well, not only did he not have to do it, like it's obvious he didn't have to do it because a couple of days later, they just went into the protest and cleared it out. Like yeah. they, by arresting people. Right. Uh, which they could have done at any time. Yes. No, no emergency powers necessary. Uh, so this is, that's why it's especially scary. Like this was not an extreme situation that at all warranted this kind of response. Uh, so... It really is setting a, a terrible precedent. Um, now, to to Canada's credit, they have um, unfroze the account and whatever 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 emergencies act power was uh, was invoked has been uninvoked. Yes, uh, but so it's not it's not a total palpitation. I'm sure everyone in Canada is now going to be thinking: uh, Do I want to go to this political protest, or do I want to worry about my grandparents and nieces not being able to uh, you know pay their rent anymore because I went to a protest? Yeah, exactly. Like. Uh, yeah, it's really shitty uh, and will definitely have a chilling effect on speech.
I think the moral of this story is you should keep at least some of your savings buried in the backyard. In gold. Optionally, yes. I mean, if I was to have it buried in the backyard, I'd rather have it in gold, because otherwise you might have sanctions placed on your country, and 2,000% interest rate makes your things that you bury in the backyard not worth anything. Okay, so here's my case against gold. If we run into serious disruption to the global banking system, especially for Americans, then we are sufficiently screwed that gold isn't going to hold its value very well either because gold is just a big heavy rock in the post-apocalypse so if you want to have a really robust savings account you need canned food and ammunition buried in the backyard which i have oh very good but canned food is so much bigger than gold you have to (laughs) dig a way bigger hole just go with ammo then ammo will be worth a lot so the thing about this convoy that really makes me mad is i keep getting put in the position of having to defend these people Hmm. in the convoy yeah and I, I, I don't, I don't like these. I don't support this convoy. I don't support the protest. I don't, they shouldn't be out there. They're idiots. They're like, oh, we don't want to get vaccinated, which like, you know, I think it's totally reasonable to say vaccines are good. Vaccine mandates are bad, which is apparently a thing that is far too nuanced for, you know, less sophisticated media personalities than us. Um, I think that's Sorry. a reasonable position. But I, you know, my view of these protesters is they just don't want to get vaccinated and they're crazy people. Um, so I don't. You know, I'm not. A, I don't support the protest, but that I'm still very against what the uh, Canadian government has done to uh, in response to these protests. Uh, speaking of less sophisticated media personalities than us, did you guys see the uh, SNL skit about the COVID discourse? Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, uh, I imagine there will be a link to that in the description. Yeah, we'll we'll include that. You should watch. Funny. It's also like four minutes. All right. Um, next piece of news. Uh, we have a new Supreme Court nomination and uh unsurprisingly it's uh, a black woman like as was promised um it's the black woman everyone thought it was going to be katanji brown jacks hey do you guys want to hear something kind of silly sure, sure. <laughs> i learned that this is a thing that happened 10 seconds ago when wes introduced the story oh, okay i mean that's not too surprising there are other things in the news yeah a little bit yeah um and she's i you know she'll probably be a fine supreme court justice um probably will make mostly all the same rulings as anyone else any other liberal justice would make um she is a former public defender which i like since mostly most of the time supreme court justices are former prosecutors or haven't done anything in criminal law uh haven't done anything in criminal law what's that haven't done anything in criminal law i mean not not in private practice like not actually prosecuting or defending it'd be pretty funny if a judge managed to make it a whole supreme court getting to level career um without (laughs) any contact at all a with single the... criminal case before <laughs> i mean wasn't that uh d- didn't bush nominate someone who was like his personal attorney and had like no experience in anything yeah that sounds like something i mean that sounds more like something trump would do but yeah that sounds like something bush would do oh, it was definitely bush um everyone kept calling her his cleaning lady which i didn't <laughs> i thought that was pretty disrespectful like she's a professional lawyer she works for the president like she wasn't giuliani uh, <laughs> but also not qualified um uh, also, I was certain you were going to make a that sounds pretty disrespectful to cleaning ladies joke. 
joke, but uh... no, no, she actually seemed like a very good lawyer. You know, huh. not not Supreme Court level. Not that you know she wouldn't have done better than uh, Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah. Also, I see here she's endorsed by the FOP. Yes, she's endorsed by the Fraternal Order of Police, which is weird. We don't, nobody knows why. Huh. <laughs> like, um, because the, they, you know, they hate liberals. They endorse Trump. They're always against whatever, whoever gets nominated. And they just came out with this endorsement. We're like, um, so, uh, that sucks. <laughs> that she's endorsed by them? Yes. I don't oh. want my, I don't want my Supreme Court nominees endorsed by the cops. Hmm. Judges are already way too deferential to cops. I don't want one where the cops are like, yeah, her. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I don't know. Nobody knows why she hasn't. There's, there's, I haven't seen any indication that she's like especially pro police. Um, but yeah, no, she seems fine. I'm, I'm sure she'll get confirmed. Maybe Mitt Romney will vote for her. Um, but all the all the Democrats will. I don't think Joe Manchin or Kristen Sinema is going to throw a tantrum about this one. Um, I do think somebody should still sue for uh, race, racial and gender discrimination because that would be hilarious. Would, but I don't. Gonna... Yeah, it'd be great if Merrick Garland sued, especially since he's, you know, the attorney general. But he's not going to because he's a Play. Is it possibly the attorney general? Be named? Yeah, you can name whoever you want. You just can't still be the attorney general. Oh, okay. <laughs> he can't hold both jobs <laughs> at the same time, but he could step down. Okay. And, you know, Supreme Court just kind of a better job. Did seem like a bit of conflict of interest. Yeah. Um. All right. Next story. Afghanistan. Uh, Eni, was this you? Oh, yes. This was me. Uh, Afghanistan is basically fucked. Uh, I guess that's not a surprise. Afghanistan has been basically fucked for a long time. Uh, but in but now this... it's even more fucked. <laughs> well, they even fucked her. They've had uh, a lot of their economy up until the Taliban took over was actually uh, foreign aid as part of the whole U.S. Um, attacking them thing and not attacking but uh, occupying them. Uh, I think also like attacking up, and attacking too. Sure, okay. I think like up to eighty percent of their economy was uh, foreign aid, and uh, when the Taliban took over, all that went away, and now the government is having problems paying anything for anybody. There's uh, mass malnutrition, possible starvation coming down the line. Like the country's just not in a good place right now. And uh, as part of that, uh, the U.S. froze seven billion dollars in assets of of, uh, of Afghanistan's. This was this is a weird situation because uh, this was all money that was donated from either uh, people or the international community in general to go to Afghanistan. Uh, but it was donated when it was still controlled by the U.S. And once the Taliban took over, uh, all this money that hadn't been dispersed yet, the U.S. was like, "Well, fuck no, we're not giving it to the Taliban." Uh, so it's frozen now, and they're planning on giving half of it to 9-11 survivors, which seems like a strange use of money donated to Afghanistan, but whatever. And the other half is going to be going to uh, do uh, aid and relief in Afghanistan. Again, supposedly none of this has been uh, unfrozen and put to productive work yet, but I just, it feels, it feels really, I, I don't even know what to do or think about this because yeah, that's a lot of money and I guess rightly it should be Afghanistan maybe, but nobody intended it to go to the Taliban and I, we're sure as hell not about to give them that money. And uh, also, you know, kind of a reminder that freezing people's assets is literally a weapon of war and uh, maybe countries shouldn't be doing it to their own citizens for uh, for protesting. So yeah, the issue here is that the Taliban is a terrorist organization, uh, both in point of fact and in like official US designation. Uh, and we're not allowed to give foreign aid to terrorist organizations yeah. um, for obvious reasons. Um, the, the reason they're giving half of it to 9-11 survivors is because the 9-11 survivors won a lawsuit against the Taliban. Uh, oh, how, how lovely. Yeah, uh, many moons ago, and the Taliban just didn't have any money that they could take until now. <laughs> they're like, okay, you want to say this is Taliban's money? Great, it's going to pay off your debts to these 9-11 survivors, um, which I kind of like. Um, so my question is, why doesn't the why don't the people in the Taliban just 
uh, reorganize into the first galactic empire, by which I mean some other organization which is named something different and is the official for realsies government of Afghanistan. That does seem like it would be a good idea. Maybe you should you tell think, them. think people would be... Hey, Taliban, if you're listening. <laughs> Honestly, I kind of think it would be best if the U.S. could just return money, whoever originally sent but kept the record. I mean, I think a lot of it... taxes back? What? <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of it was foreign aid from America. Well, then give it... Yeah, give it back to America, damn it. But that's what they're doing. Eh, 9-11 survivors don't count as America. <laughs> what, do you just want them to, like, <laughs> send it out as uh, another stimulus yeah. check? Yeah, I just have a 9-11 compensation UBI. Yes. <laughs> this is your this yeah. is your leaving Afghanistan check. Yeah. Now stop whining about how chaotic. Yeah, I don't know, but thought it was thing thing touch on. Yeah. Uh, no, and it really sucks because Afghanistan is in a really terrible place right now. Right. Um, Being in the much, middle of a much worse yeah. than when the United States was occupying. Yeah. Uh, which sucks, but like you know, I don't really see a way out. Maybe Afghanistan people should not tolerate the Taliban running country. I don't know. Seems like a thing. I, you think they have that level of troll over who is their leaders? I mean, I don't know. I I do get the idea that like ruling regimes can't actually rule without a sufficient level of public support. I mean, it doesn't have to be 50%, but it's got to be like a sufficient level or else they just get thrown out. So why yeah. Putin's actually like, you know, somewhat concerned with public sentiment. How how big are the uh are the protests? Cuz I've seen a lot of um seen a lot of pictures and videos, but again, I don't know if that's like just a tiny mind minority and i'm being propagandized here because it seems like the western and ukrainian propaganda machine damn good job and i don't know how much to trust you mean in russia yeah yeah in russia oh, I've, no i yeah i just know that there's been some you know public uh uh protest against this but could sure. not tell you how much um uh, all right next story new new findings about multiple sclerosis yeah, apparently it's uh, caused by the Epstein-Barr virus. Uh, not 100% of the time, obviously, because apparently 95 to 98 the population has had Epstein-Barr, uh, but people have not yeah, had they it. They just didn't get long Epstein-Barr. Exactly. <laughs> like, literally that. Uh, but um, if you, it is a complication of Epstein-Barr, as far as I can tell, based on a massive uh, scientific study that we did, uh, like, how much was it, Gary? I don't have the link in front of it, but tens of thousands, possibly uh, getting close to 100,000 people in the studies, what they needed to, to isolate on such a uh, so you know that's I don't know if that's good news or bad news but it's news we know a little bit more about it now alright um interesting it is interesting if, if we you know we have been able to isolate the cause of this thing that some people didn't even you know weren't entirely sure were was a real thing for a while then um we, we can uh we can maybe make some progress on other strange rare phenomenon that may be just you know long virus complications much like long cope would be nice alright here's a person we haven't talked about in a while Sarah Palin uh Sarah Palin has fired, uh, filed a lawsuit against the New York Times for libel hmm. um, because she and uh, some organization that she's affiliated with ran a bunch of ads putting some Congress people's district in crosshair. And later, one of those Congress people was shot. And the New York Times ran an ad saying she put the Congress person in crosshairs when it was actually just her district. Yeah. Um, it doesn't, the actual case isn't that, that interesting. But what's interesting is that she She's advancing a legal theory trying to overturn the New York Times versus Sullivan actual malice stand for defamation. Um, and it's especially interesting because Justice Thomas and Gorsuch have already uh, written dissent um, saying that, that rule should be changed. And nobody really knows what the other conservative just think about. Um, actual malice is a really tough standard. Um, you have to prove that when it comes to so 
there's when it when it comes to defamation, there's two different standards: one for public figures and one for everyone else. And so when you're talking about a public figure, you have to prove that they either knew what they were saying was wrong or acted in reckless disregard of the truth, which sounds like a uh, reasonable standard, but a lot like um, a lot like qualified immunity, the articulated standard and the actual standard seem kind of different. Uh, in practice, this means defamation suits by public figures, you, you can almost never win. It's like near impossible. Um, so I don't really know how I feel about this. I do feel like the, the bar is too high, but I don't know how you would lower it to a reasonable level without just making it so no one ever writes about anything critical of public figures. Uh, and, you know, one of the things to remember about this, too, is that public figures often file a lot of defamation suits just to bully people, intimidate. That was, I think that was one of Trump's that he would do a lot, but lots of rich people do this all the time. Anyone who says anything they don't like, they sue him for defamation. Not really because they're going to win the suit, but because they can force these people into, uh, you know, a quick settlement where they retract what they said and give an apology or what. Yeah, it seems like a uh, more modest standard coupled with um, some sort of federal anti-slap or otherwise way for uh, people to people who are uh, have frivolous law- lawsuits filed against them uh, have some way to recover their legal fees. Yeah, that would probably be nice. do it. Yeah, I think I would support some. Uh, definitely, I would support federal anti-slap law. Um, slap stands for strategic lawsuits against public participation. Um, and anti-slap laws generally let defendants in defamation suits um, file a motion, basically a motion to dismiss. But unlike a regular motion, the it get, creates an obligation on the part of the plaintiff to actually put forward some evidence uh, substantiating their position. And if they can't, they not only get their case dismissed, but they have to pay a turn, um, which is, you know, has so, some states have them and they seem to work really well. Um, there's very little abuse of them that I've seen. Uh, so I would definitely support that uh, being added federal law in terms of the actual standard i just don't know what what a what a good standard would be one of the things one of the real problems with the actual malice standard is it's it depends on the state of mind so you have to like prove that they knew or what their intentions were which is really difficult uh and courts are not good at it do you, do you think that palin has a point with this particular lawsuit well i know i mean under the current standard definitely not it's just a question of like well should we change the standard and what should it be um i think i think she was fame i think if you're there they were trying to make her out to be worse than she actually was and they were doing it because they're you know she's a conservative and they they like demonizing conservatives yeah um and that's the thing one of the reasons why i might support like a you know some loosening of the actual malice rule is that you know i do think there should be some accountability for news outlets that just lie all the time yeah. right now there is um i i feel like the accountability for news outlets that lie all the time is just you know, capitalism. Like people capitalism lose trust in them, that. they lose readers. But no, that people doesn't... have been rewarding that. Yeah, that doesn't really seem to happen. Okay, except the New York Times is hemorrhaging subscribers. Are they? Everything I hear is that the New York Times is doing very well. Everything I've heard is that the mainstream media is dying. Yeah, but not the New York Times. Like they've adapted, and part of their model is that you know they serve the narrative, yeah. and that's what gets them readers, and that's what gets them subscribers. Damn the actual fact. Um, that's why Fox News is successful. Because they don't, you know, they don't want to report the actual truth of things. And nobody wants to hear the actual thing. Right. So it's a win-win. I, I mean, I'm kind of in favor of this thing, too, because I, I think there should be some limits on the amount of bullshit you're allowed to say. Get away with Well, especially when you're ruining people's lives. Though. Yeah. Uh, I don't think, uh, you know, Sarah Palin has much in the way of damages here because everyone knew she was crazy. <laughs> which is a real which is a real defense in a defamation suit, which is fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, 
yeah, I mean, look, we said this shit that might have uh, cast you in a bad light, but everyone already knows you're a shithead, so it didn't really do any. Uh, but, okay. you know, um, but what about, like, yeah. I think... Yeah, the- uh, state- statement withdrawn. Um, the New York Times' valuation is down from its peak in the 80s, uh, but it's actually been holding pretty steady since the internet yeah. happened. It's uh, currently on a downward trend since, uh, oh, since 1992, actually. Um, but that looked like it might be in keeping with just standard variance over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Call, call that call that one uh, currently ambiguous. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think, uh, you know, the, the New York Times is, uh, let's say, not as committed to reporting the dispassionate truth as they used to be. So I don't that doesn't seem to be hurting. I mean, I think a lot of the pivot to, you know, reinforcing Sorry. the narrative. Uh, another uh, correction, because uh, finance yahoo.com doesn't know how to do chart <laughs> um uh so yeah they have been on a pretty steady climb since 2016 so yeah. yes <laughs> thanks trump yep um but yeah okay. i think yeah in that case i agree. yeah um but it's a complicated question because i mean should we even have defamation laws like isn't the the cure for shitty speech good speech um it's it's a tough question but i do think right now we are in a place where where there's way too much bullshit getting reported by supposedly reputable uh, companies. Um, so I guess the real solution is to just get all your news from the Mind Killer podcast. That's, that is the best the only solution. solution. Yes. <laughs> and also uh, support us on Patreon so we can continue bringing you reporting you can trust. True that. And actually subscribe on Whereby Substack. Patreon, I mean Substack. Uh, all right. Next story. Sandy Hook uh, settlement. David, do you want to cover this one? Uh, yeah. So uh, the survivors of, um, or sorry, the families of the children killed during the Sandy Hook massacre uh, sued Remington, uh, which is the company that made the gun that the shooter used, which is transparent bullshit. Um, and uh, the Connecticut Supreme Court, uh, or sorry, um, the uh, circuit court um, that Connecticut is in, I can't remember which circuit, uh, declined to dismissed the case and then the Supreme Court uh, did not grant it cert. Uh, and so this following, was actually all in state. Um, uh, I know it got up to the to. I know that Supreme the Supreme Court like they declined did. to hear. They did. Case. They did. Um, the appeal was from the Connecticut Supreme. Court. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Uh, so yeah, the Connecticut Supreme Court declined to. Um, um, do the thing I just said. And, Grant summary uh, judgment. Yes, and the uh, Supreme Court did not agree to hear the case. And uh, so Remington, encouraged by their uh, liability insurers, uh, reached a $73 million settlement. And it's actually not just which, encouraged by their liability insurers. The, the liability insurers were completely in charge. Um, this is one of those things where I think Remington was not, was not even and, uh, they like went bankrupt or something. Um, so, so the this is what this is what I read. Yeah, Some, that that makes sense. Remington's a bit of a financial basket case. They go bankrupt a lot. <laughs> um, oh wow! So the the only parties actually on the hook for this money were the insurers. Um, so it was the insurers who cut the deal. The actual gun company didn't have anything to do with it. Yeah. Well, it makes a little more sense if the insurers were the ones that decided. But yeah, what yes. what was their what was their charge against the gun company that you made a thing someone used to kill someone? So the charge was basically a um and uh it was violation of a connecticut law that had to do with um uh 
advertising. I can't remember if it's specifically truth in advertising or like a general like ethical advertising thing. But basically Remington, uh, or rather Bushmaster, which is the department of Remington that put out the specific model U's, uh, put out some like pretty standard uh, red drive, uh, big masculine energy um, advertisement saying like outnumber your enemies by yourself and uh, consider your man card reissued and so on all over pictures of their uh, Bushmaster AR and this was apparently um, somehow illegal under Connecticut law despite being clearly protected speech under the First Amendment but I guess Amersh doesn't count in America. That is true. Commercial speech doesn't count in America. There's a Connecticut law that says you can't, I don't know, I don't understand, what does the law even say that they can't do? Uh, Wes, you're the law-talking guy. (laughs) I am the law-talking guy. Um, I forget, but I'm looking it up right now. Because it seems really weird to say you can't advertise your product. I mean, unless, there's some laws that specifically single out products that can't advertise, like tobacco, and that's fine, but I didn't know there was a law that says you can't advertise guns. No, you're allowed to advertise guns, but you're not allowed to advertise them in the way that they did it. Um, which is really surprising to me that the Supreme Court didn't hear the case, because this seems like their whole thing. Yeah. Like, this seems like they would love to take this case and decide, like, what actually is the, um, the right, like, how does this intersect with free speech? I think this is much, this is not really a right to bear arms, this is a free speech case. Is it a, you can't advertise by appealing to masculinity? No. Okay. Like, I, I have a very hard time figuring out what... Oh, I think what... it's, so I think what the law says is you can't advertise um, anything to in, in, you can't advertise your product to be used for any kind of criminal purpose. Um, and they, the argument was that these ads were encouraging people to use the guns for assault. That um, is a real stretch. Well, the court didn't find that that's what these ads said. They just found that the it could it could be up to a jury yeah. to decide because yeah, this so, was on a motion so, to dismiss. So they had to accept all the allegations true. Yeah, and then the uh, then the insurance company was like, okay, fuck it, we're not uh, okay. going to fight this, and uh, gave the Sandy Hook family $73 million to fuck off. So basically, they thought they would lose this battle, though. Mm, they either thought they would lose it, or they would win it, but it would cost them more than $73 million. Could it possibly cost more than $73 million? Because expensive lawyers are expensive. Jesus, mm, alright. Yeah. And I... like, if they fought it, then they would have legal fees and a settlement. Now they just have a settlement. So yeah, the, the lawyer's the... bills wouldn't necessarily need to actually get to $73 million for this to be the right financial case to make. Yeah. The other thing is they did get through Discovery and they have a bunch of internal communications from Remington, which will be released, which was a stipulation of the uh, of the settlement, which is how you know it was done by the insurers and not by Remington. Um, so these, those are going to get released at some point. I I suspect that there's something in some some communications in there mm. that are um, that that make Remington look quite bad and could reinforce the case that they were deliberately marketing to um, you know violent individuals. Hmm. I okay. I don't see any like any any like text I can imagine being in these communications that would demonstrate that they were marketing to people with violent tendencies. Well, then you just don't have a very good imagination. Enough so that it's like <laughs> actually a uh, no. I can't imagine those things. I just can't imagine like someone who isn't literally a, a Bond villain actually saying them and thinking.
thinking it's a reasonable sort of thing to say. Well, you know how like you can... I guess I guess we'll find out when the uh, stuff gets released. But I, I'm I'm going to go ahead and register the advanced prediction that this is not like it's going to be one of those things where like the blue tribe says, oh, this proves that all gun manufacturers are totally evil, and the red tribe says this is an absolute nothing burger, and I'm probably going to be more sympathetic to the red tribe on this but i guess we'll find out when the documents get released yeah i i agree i figure this is one of those things where uh you know you you put a a county in the crosshairs and then someone gets shot and they start making news reports about how you put that person in the crosshairs but uh that's enough to like fuck with public opinion i guess so they could be legitimately worried about that even if it in real life no sane person would side with that yeah. Mm, yeah, I'm not sure what public opinion actually matters here. Like, if someone, like, anyone who would be, anyone who, I don't know, I, I have trouble imagining what a persuadable person looks like in this case. Because, like, Remington's a gun company. Guns are about the most divisive thing in America. Everyone already knows what side they're on in this discussion. So, like, clearly it's just going to split along tribal lines. And people like me who aren't partisan hacks but like guns will probably... Like, I don't want to say anything too strong because I haven't seen what's in these documents and I don't want to embarrass myself if it turns out that the Remington Marketing Department did actually have some genuine psychopaths in it but like i don't see anything showing up in these that isn't just like a chance for the red for the blue tribe to sneer at how uncivilized the red tribe is and just like standard red tribe marketing tactic yeah i mostly agree i'm not expecting any kind of smoking gun that's going to be undeniable um but i do think there's probably something in there that a let's say a skilled attorney could use um to convince a jury i'm i'm just really disappointed that I don't know. There wasn't that this wasn't fought out more and people just. Yeah. You wanted a trial? I did want a trial because this seems like the sort of thing that's just going to be used for bad ends. Yeah, well, that's what happens when uh, the insurance comes true. They don't yeah. they don't care about the press. They're like, oh, well, we just probably won't share a remedy. You yep. think that that's also basically what happened with flying cars. The moral of the story is fuck insurance companies. <laughs> I mean, they're, they are technically providing a valuable economic surface or service, but also like, holy shit. <laughs> Wait, hold on a sec. If the, if the moral of the lesson is fuck insurance companies and also the moral of anarcho-communism is that all government services can be replaced with liability insurance. I think you may have some kind of inherent contradiction problem here. Yeah, so, so the actual moral of the story is insurance is uh, consumer insurance law is completely fucked and uh, the insurance companies are actually just the executors of um, how stringently enforced the various uh, consumer liability standards are and um we should have a uh, much laxer consumer uh, consumer protection, uh, especially in cases like planes, where the um, where the only liability that's likely to be inflicted is on the consumer. Let's all okay. agree that there should be more choices for consumers to determine their own level of comfort with uh, how much protection they want and do those kinds of trade-offs. Here, here. All right. All right. Next story, we have uh, some culture war news. 
Mm. Real quick, before we go to the culture war news, uh, oh, if you don't mind, man, if you, you don't never mind, want to go to the culture war news. I, I'm, I'm a fan of culture. News I know. Too, I'm just kidding. But, it's David uh, that never wants to go to the culture war news. <laughs> you love your culture war news. It's 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 entertaining. Yes. All right. Uh, but like I I I just realized we forgot to talk about. Was anyone else really surprised by how much opposition Crane put up to Russia? Yes, I, I thought. I, I definitely thought they would just roll into Kiev if they wanted to. Kiev. Kiev. No, it's pronounced Kiev. Like I, I don't know when exactly the official Anglicas Anglicanized spelling changed. I didn't get that memo. Apparently it's different now. But uh, like my my mom <laughs> is 100%. My mom is 100% Ukrainian, and I saw the new spelling, and I was like, what the fuck? And I called her up, and I was like, mom, speak Ukrainian, right? And she's like, I should certainly hope so. And I was like, how do you pronounce Kiev? She's like, Kiev. Kiev. I was like, oh okay, well Kiev then. All right. Well, if your Ukrainian mom says that's you know yeah. what, <laughs> if you can't trust a Ukrainian mom, who can you trust? Notable not mind killer war correspondent Inyasha's mom. <laughs> and at this point, she is a grandma because of my sister. So she is a Ukrainian grandma now, and you would you would not you know besmirch the word of Ukrainian grandma, would you? Of course not. Okay then, I'm glad we have agreed on this. That's why she's our war correspondent. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, I definitely thought then the Russian tanks would just be able to roll into Kiev uh, if they felt like. Yeah, I thought so, too. I guess. I don't know. I, I've seen speculation that uh, the Russian generals are doing what is telling them to because they have to, but also sending in their most expendable, you know, least trained, least well-equipped units to, until they can hopefully wrangle something, get in a better position to do this war thing. I, I, I don't know. I, I think, think it's... Bold strategy, it, Cotton. <laughs> It definitely seems like a, a bit of a conspiracy theory to say that, but, like, otherwise, how do you explain that they are sending in, like, just the shittiest troop and doing so badly? Maybe all their troops are shitty. That's, That's possible. a possibility, and it's also a possibility that they need to uh, keep the non-shitty ones at home to prevent a revolution from happening. Seems like this was very ill-advised on the part, then. Or maybe they're not shitty. Maybe the Ukrainians are just really good. Badasses trained by my mom. <laughs> Like just yeah. What I, happened to you? I, fuck, man. I would be badass <laughs> if someone attacked Colorado. All uh, right, we'll see. I guess. Qu- question. Um, because like, uh, obviously a lot of the Russian troops just don't want to be there, but they're there anyway because they're conscripted. If what part of America would you take up arms to defend? Because I'm pretty sure if, if someone invaded any state other than Colorado, I would be like, kind of sucks to be them, but I don't, I don't care that much. Uh, any of it, and also Western Europe, or sorry, Northern Europe, or England. Really? Yeah. Huh. International so? pride over. Yeah. Yeah, it's because, like, I'm somewhat skeptical of the um, uh, big popular rationalist decision theories where, like, you need to think about what would happen if everyone who was similar enough to you made the same decision. Uh, that, But, like, I'm not so skeptical of them that I don't realize the, uh, the, um, uh, the value in thinking that way. And I value having a, a world without war enough to be willing to fight for that world. To wage war and on behalf I of I see the best way to stop wars from happening is to make sure that attackers get the shit kicked out of them by defenders 100 times out of 100. I, being a very selfish person, would not defend any. What know. about your own property? I mean, depends on my options. If it was possible, I'd probably just abandon. Huh. What, what if we go to this party that you're having and then I try to mm-hmm. seize your property? I'll fight you. <laughs> well, 
What if I rally the rest of the guests there? No one's going to listen to you. Well, maybe <laughs> if I give them a house, they will. Why? No. No, they won't. Yeah, These I... are my friends that are coming to my party. Well, that's They'll true. Just, um, but sure, if it's like a bunch of thugs coming to steal my stuff, well, maybe I'll... But if it's a, an invading army, I'm going to, you know, let the kids do the fight and run away like a coward. Hmm. Well, I mean... Hear that, Roxy? <laughs> yeah, it's you. You have to fend the house. <laughs> All right, she's into it. I, have, you got, have you gotten her started on Eddie Eagle yet? On what now? Eddie Eagle. I don't know what The NRA's is. gun safety oh, for Jesus kids Christ. cartoon. No. It's actually pretty good. We do have a gun range like right down the street though. Oh, nice. So why do you draw the line at uh, Ukraine? Because you obviously have not flown off to help defend Ukraine. Um, well, honestly, I'm kind of tempted, um, uh, but I just don't see, uh, I don't see any way that ends, uh, other than, uh, with me dead or in a Russian prisoner of war camp, uh, so. That is always a very real risk in any military action. Here's the thing, David. Think of the podcast. You could I be mean, our war correspondent. What's, what's more important, Ukrainian independence or the Mind Killer podcast? Okay, I will admit that if Putin and invades Finland. I will go. Wow. God, I'm going to regret that in yeah, you years. Are. <laughs> Don't worry. But, you can always yeah, just the, de- the national, declare that you're alive. The national pastime in Finland is gearing up to fight off a Russian invasion, so I feel like the uh, expected value proposition there is favorable enough for me to at least, like, not shit-talkingly consider it. Alright. Alright, then. Have we satisfied your curiosity, Eniash? Yeah, I guess. Can we, can also... we talk about the culture war now? Sure, let's go with the culture wars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. First culture war story is uh, the San Francisco school board recall, um, which uh, basically the entire school board in San Francisco pissed off parents enough that uh, they wanted to recall all of them, but only three of them were had been had served long enough to be eligible. So they recalled them and voted Wait, them out. There's there's a tenure requirement before you're eligible to be recalled. Yes. What the fuck? I think. Yeah. I don't know how long it is. Maybe you got to make a mistake before you can get kicked out for making a snake <laughs> yeah. um yeah i don't i don't know i don't know how that worked but i i know that yeah it was only three of them. um they were kicked out uh 70 voted to recall uh which is just so much and this is in san francisco the most liberal place on earth probably well um, everyone who uh everyone who voted for the recall was a republican because oh, yeah. there's no other reason anyone would vote for this so. secret secret republican yeah um the biggest thing people were pissed off about was uh, schools being closed, which is understandable. You are schools. You should probably do your jobs, you know, or not, but then don't make the kids come in to <laughs> consume. Um, but yeah, parents want their kids school because school is childcare, and they were not happy that the schools were closed. Um, there was also some other issues about uh, equity stuff, people mad about critical race theory and, um, you know, eliminating the merit-based classes in schools um, and calling all the tests racist. And uh, they they, they, they tried to rename a few schools because they were named after notable racists like Abraham Lincoln. Oh, that and, motherfucker. Uh, and Diane Feinstein. <laughs> Wasn't she like Democrat head of the house or some shit? Diane Feinstein? I don't think she was the majority leader, but she was in some kind of leadership. Okay. Uh, and, you know, is a pr- pretty recent. Um, but, I, you know, I think most of it was about the schools being closed. Uh, but, you know, nationwide parents have generally not liked that other stuff. And I think the San Francisco parents didn't like that they were doing this bullshit while the schools were still closed. Um, but, yeah, they were super pissed off and uh, voted out everyone they could. 
which I think is nice. Yeah. Even even like uber liberal San Francisco has had enough of this COVID bullshit. I like even when uber liberal Saturday Night Live has had enough of this COVID bullshit. It's... <laughs> yeah, right. I'm telling you, go watch the sketch. It's good. I don't know. Let's see you list. I know Inyash, you've won. I don't know if I would call it good, but it's uh interesting. It's a sign of the time. They say. Indeed. All right. Other culture war news. Uh, the Florida don't say gay bill. Inyash, was this you? This was me. Yeah. Uh, it's called the don't say gay bill by people who don't like it. Uh, I don't know. Anyways, uh, it is a bill that says a school district may not encourage classroom discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity, primary grade level, or in a manner that is not age appropriate, developmentally appropriate for students. Which at first I thought that was like bizarre because sex ed is in fifth grade and how do you do sex ed without you know talking about those things uh but later on uh the the bill was amended to say uh that the that uh it would be banning classroom instruction for those from kindergarten third grade uh or in a manner that's not age appropriate which i think seems i don't know it's weird because i i see who this is um proposed by it's uh it's a bunch of sex negative assholes on the right but i also have a hard time saying that this sounds like a bad bill should we just normally try to teach kids age-appropriate things? Well, yeah, so this is one of those, you know, anti-critical race theory okay. um, that, you know, generally go too far in the other direction. I don't... The, the problem with these is, like, they're super vague, so they, they're calling it the don't say gay bill because in in practice it's probably just gonna lead to teachers pretending that gays don't exist or, like, just not ever mentioning anything about sexual orientation. Um, or, like, if a kid has a question about it, running screaming in the other direction. <laughs> so um, it's a chilling effect thing. Yeah. So like I don't I don't know what what I would want a teacher telling kids about sexual orientation or gender identity. Um I certainly wouldn't want them so, saying a lot of the shit that I hear about that gets said, but uh, So I do know what I want teachers saying about sexual orientation or gender identity, which is nothing because why actual fuck have we expected parents to outsource their child sex education to the state government that they live in. That's an objectively insane thing for a society to do. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I that's think my fair. biggest uh, issue with all this is that, like, school shouldn't be a thing at all. Certainly not mandatory <laughs> schooling. And once you have mandatory schooling for everybody in your state, then people are going to get really fucking concerned about if their, teach- if their kids are taught things that they morally object to. You know, whether it's, like, that Muslims are great or, or that the Republicans suck or or whatever it is, if if your kids are being taught things that are ideologically objectionable to you and they they have to go there, then it very much feels like a uh, state trying to steal your children's minds kind of thing. And uh, traditionally, you know, we were against that sort of thing. Like it, when it happened to the Indians, people were pretty upset about it. I, I I can understand why some people would be upset about this, but also like just don't have fucking mandatory schools. It's a terrible idea. Well, yeah, and yes, like, that's always the best. Even, even though that's a somewhat radical position, which it shouldn't be. There's the less radical radical position of just have school choice just do the backpack funding and then we can stop fighting about every single minute detail about school curriculum yeah that would be a good one too so it all good but like i don't i'm not a fan of this law because i feel like kids uh, you know credit credit where credit's due i think florida actually does have a pretty good backpack funding program uh so in that sense i'm actually kind of okay with them doing this because if you're giving parents the ability to easily abandon the 
failing public school system, then you can say whatever you want about the failing public school system. Are we sure this only applies to public schools? Damn well better. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't be so sure. Uh, If it doesn't, then I'll look a damn fool for what I just said. (laughs) Um, I don't like this in general just because I feel like, you know, kids ask a lot of inappropriate questions all the time. Um, And kids are curious about lots of things. And I just don't like I don't like the policy that it's like, no, you can't talk to him. Uh, It's against the law. No, I think in a lot of situations, it's probably unwise to talk to him about this sort of thing. But I don't know. I just I don't I don't think it's so cut and dried that the coercive power of the state ought to be invoked. And last culture war story is also from Enia about Texas. Yes, it is. Uh, The Texas governor issued a um, I don't know, not really an order, a a advisory thing to the child protection service in the state saying that some sex change procedures are child abuse under Texas law. Uh, It's not really like a new law or anything. He's just saying like, hey, guys, according to Texas law, some of these are child. Uh, And also said that parents of uh, trans ish kids um, should be investigated by child protective services for uh, possible child neglect, abuse, whatever. And boy, howdy. Like, I, I, I slightly agree with him at first, but this feels like having a crumbling rat infested building in your neighborhood and deciding to get rid of it by detonating a nuclear device inside of it. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is that is not the correct way to do demo. And he, what? The, first of all, there are some actual uh, seriously gender dysphoric people who really need this kind of uh, this kind of intervention. Um, and that wouldn't be a problem if they were the only ones that were getting this. But like the fact that he's like any any child who is going along with this whole uh, new gender identity thing uh, and, and comes out to their counselor saying like, oh, I think I might be genderqueer or whatever. Then the child protective services have to investigate the parents like that is no, you don't ever investigate the parents unless there's like fucking serious um, physical abuse or something. This is not where you want the government to ever be. Not unless it's like an emergency, really bad situation because they tend to fuck things up and tear apart families for really, really fucking bad reasons. They are not a uh, scalpel. They are a very blunt instrument that often sucks at what it's doing, which is why they should only be invoked when there's serious uh, family issues. Yeah, and my my position on this is um, pretty similar to my position on the last issue. I think states should be able to call whatever the fuck they want child abuse because I don't think child protective services should exist. Uh, If someone is like a serious threat to their family, then they should be in jail. Otherwise, none of the government's goddamn business. You don't think that, like, if a child is being malnourished, you know, then the parent should be in jail. Well, that's part of what Child Protective Services does, is investigate these things and, you know, maybe take children away and send the parent to jail. Okay, yeah, the Child Protective Services are not a good organization to investigate crime. We have a group for that. It's called the police. I mean, they're not any better at it. And also the police would be extra bad at determining whether a child is, you know, being abused or being starved or whatever I'm skeptical is. that anyone could be worse than Child Protective Services, but I admit I haven't looked into this super deeply. Um, that's legit. Child Protective Service quite bad. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. that's that's the main problem here. Child Services is really awful, but I think they're a necessary evil in some cases, and that's why yeah. you don't want to well, invoke them for something like this. Yeah, and I want to well, clarify I... the story. This wasn't just the governor saying, like, hey, you know, maybe some of these things are uh, child abuse, which is what I thought the story was at first. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually given an order to the Department of Family and Protectives to investigate um, families who, who had their uh, trans children go undergo any kind of medical procedure for it. I don't think he was that specific about it. 
it. He just said trans children, or did he say ones that have had medical well, procedures? Well, here's the first paragraph of the article. Texas yes. Governor Greg Abbott has officially ordered the Texas Department of Family and Protective Services to investigate families whose transgender children underwent certain sex change. Yeah, but certain sex change procedures nowadays might include things like be encouraged to change their hair and wear different clothes. Mm, maybe, but I don't think that's what he's talking about. Well, it could be interpreted that way, but if he is, if it is more strict than that, that would be at least a good sign. It's not, not going to be as off as it otherwise could be. Well, it says these surgeries include sterilization or mastectomy, as well yeah. as the administration of certain doses of testosterone or estrogen. Right. So I think I think those are the procedures suck. Okay. Well, that case less bad. Yeah. Still sucks for some case though. Um. But yeah, it's I I I agree that child protective services is not going to handle this well, uh, and probably and probably shouldn't be involved at all. Also, I mean, like I don't know if if it's just the parents and their kid, like it sucks that the kid is mutilating himself that the parent sucks if that is, you know, what's up happening. But also, why should the government necessarily get involved if it's their choice to do that? Like, maybe some kids really would be happier like that. Why interfere? With well, yeah, that is the question. Um, and I agree. If this is something the child wants to do, let them do it. Yeah. Certainly certainly don't prosecute the parent right. for letting the kid, you know, make this sort of, this, you know, this isn't the sort of thing that is um, that is harmful enough of time that we should just say it's not allowed. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do. Like, the closest I could see to legit wanting to prosecute someone is if, like, a, a counselor or a psychologist, someone irresponsibly encouraged that sort of the, the, you know, the more ma major transitions. Yeah, and that's, that. and that's already handled by, you know, professional licensing. And, cool. Well, I gotta say, like, I'm pretty skeptical of youth transition, but this law is just obviously like, oh, uh, California and Oregon and whoever else, they're, like, going way overboard with giving uh, gender non-conforming kids 100% control over their um, over their um, medical transition and not giving parents any say at all and like having uh, schools be not allowed to talk to the parents and so on. Uh, so our response to that should to go way too far in completely the opposite direction so that the country has on average the correct <laughs> policy. Yes, yeah. That makes perfect sense. Well, and it, if it was pushing back against the whole thing where um, certain professionals like school counselors and, and psychologists will fail to inform the parents about this sort of thing. Um, that I'm more sympathetic to. But this is this is an order saying to investigate the parents for child abuse. Yeah. Which is just Bullshit. total Yeah. It's using a nuke. Yeah. And yes, I'm also somewhat skeptical of youth transition, but this is not, no. not the way to handle it. Tearing apart families just off. Yeah. Alright. Well, that's enough awfulness for one episode. Now we're going to move on to happy news. Good news, Yay! everyone. Right. And our first bit of happy news is about the National Institute of Health. Yeah, they uh, are going to institute a policy. Uh, they've declared this is going to be instituted, although it hasn't been gun in fact yet, that uh, the people that get funding from the government, which is a lot of them, are going to need to find a way to share their data publicly. Uh, this is in response to a lot of play, uh, people. It has turned out simply falsifying their data, just, just reporting data that's completely made up. Uh, in other cases, not necessarily false falsifying it intentionally, but just being really bad at data uh, and how to interpret it, uh, they, they want that to stop because I, for one, have been doing a lot of faith in uh, the science that has been coming out recently, and this is part of the reason why. So I think this is an absolutely wonderful thing. And honestly, why wasn't data much more public in the past? This is something that should have happened a long time ago. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, this, yeah, should have a big, should, should help with getting more reliable data. Um, all right. Next happy news about influenza, which yes. you don't get good news about very often. No. 
this is one of the happier side effects, COVID. We, uh, influenza has various animal reservoirs. There's four major strains, and that's one of the ones they keep back year after year. Uh, one of the four major strains, B. Yamagata, uh, apparently does not have animal reservoirs, only in humans. And when the world fucking locked down, uh, last, well, end of 2020, early 2021, and wore a lot of masks and did that, uh, Yamagata didn't have a chance to really propagate itself, and they have not been able to find any cases of it in the wild for a couple months now, and believe that that influenza lineage may have become extinct entirely, which... Yay! Yes. COVID uh, lockdowns yeah. actually did something! Yeah, yeah. right! Fun, fun fact about the COVID lockdowns, uh, they were basically just the George W. Bush pandemic playbook, which was written on the assumption that the next big pandemic would be a pandemic flu. So, <laughs> a lot of the most irritating um, uh, parts of the lockdown, like closing schools, uh, mandatory masking and having a panic attack whenever you enter a grocery store would have worked great for stopping the spread of the flu and in fact worked great for stopping the spread of flu <laughs> all right yeah i i saw i can't remember where i saw it so i can't find the exact number but i saw the um uh number of flu cases in i want to say it was like brazil or something for the 2020 flu season uh and in 2019 it was like uh, 6,000 serious cases or something like that. And in 2020, it was four. <laughs> All right. Well, and I have heard that in from several sources that a lot of our playbook for this pandemic was designed for influenza. Um, so it's nice that it actually kind of worked for them. We may have gotten rid of one of the strains. Yeah, cool. All right. And last piece of happy news is the CDC is loosening regulations again, obviously in anticipation of COVID Independence Day in two weeks. Woohoo! Um, they have Yay. switched from their old metric where they were deciding which areas were at high risk by looking at um, case numbers. And they've switched now to looking at hospitalization um, and factoring in hospital capacities um, and calling this the, the community level. Um, the upside of this is that we went from 95% of uh, America being at high risk to only about 30%. And they are recommending that masks... Um, can be or th that you can go inside without mask in everywhere but the high risk area um yeah. you know obviously it's the cdc so still too conservative but definitely better and it will give a lot of lawmakers and organizations and businesses cover to tell us all we can take off our mask which would be great i was able to go into my local costco without a mask for the time hey in a while. you could probably thank this new uh cdc metric um you know hopefully we all go back to ignoring what the cdc says like apparently i heard this week that the cdc recommends well done steak uh so if you're not eating your steak well done i don't want to hear any shit from you about how we need to do what the cdc says so uh i have uh i just quit a job working at a uh restaurant which serves a lot of steak and i can personally tell you that there is an incredibly strong uh correlation between people who ordered their steak well done and people who were rude to the wait staff and tipped badly so Donald huh. Trump famously don't, gets don't well done steak. Don't be one of those uh, well done steak eating motherfuckers. <laughs> Eat your steaks you properly cooked and tip well and be polite to wait staff. And don't listen to the CDC. Or, or if you do get your steaks done um, the, the wrong way, it'll be nice. <laughs> 
I mean, yes, that too. Some oh, people like things to done the wrong way. All right. Well, now we're going to move on to troop deployment. I'm willing to put wave after wave of men at your disposal. As we all know, politics is the mind killer and arguments are soldiers. So in that spirit, we ask each of our hosts to send a soldier out onto the battlefield each episode. And we'll start with David. Yeah, so uh, it looked for a while there like we were going to get the chance to do something funny where each and every one of our troop deployments was about the right to transact. Uh, that didn't end up working out, but uh, I still want to do my troop deployment about it because I was totally on board when I read the really popular Twitter thing. And then uh, World War Three happened and part of that was sanctions and I found myself kind of on board with the sanction. Then I realized, wait, that is also an infringement on the right to transact. And like, I believe that there are some cases where you can infringe on rights and that's okay. Uh, but I am now realizing that no, there's like actually real life occurrences that happen where I'm okay curtailing that right. And that is somewhere north of political protests and south of your country engaging in a war of aggression. Uh, but I do not know exactly where the line is and I'm not super comfortable with that. All right. Sounds sensible. Eniash, what do you have for it? Uh, I think that I know I said this last week or last episode with the Joe Rogan thing when they were apparently just giving up and going after him. But it looks like Woke is kind of on the wane. And I think this Ukraine thing just one nail in that cough because now the world has some actual real problems to worry about. And uh, I think we're going to be seeing less and less of these crazy culture war thing or people actually focusing on things that are in life. Um, thank God it, it couldn't have happened soon enough. So very small deployment. Just advance, just registering my prediction that woke is going to be a much smaller thing 12 from now. There's already people being like, I can't, you are making your t- about how uh, Vladimir Putin invading Ukraine proves your thing about the outcome that you hate. This is ridiculous. There has been a lot of that going. Yeah. All right. Well, we can all hope. Uh, my troop deployment this episode is about uh, Vladimir Putin's tiny... <laughs> Uh, no, look, I don't know the size of Vladimir Putin's penis. I don't care about the size of Vladimir Putin's penis. I don't think we should be body shaming people for any reason. But Vladimir Putin has some serious small dick energy. Hey, Vlad, are you feeling down because Ukraine left you? Let me see here. 30 years ago? Seriously? But pining after them for 30 years? <laughs> Bro, you just gotta get over it. <laughs> but okay, you want him back. You know what adult countries do when they want to rekindle a former relationship? They say so. <laughs> they send trade delegations and ambassadors. <laughs> they sign treaties. They show that they They've changed. You know who throws tantrums and tries to force them back together? Baby. Vlad, they're just not that into you. They don't want you back. Deal with it. You know what big dick energy looks like? It's Ukrainian President Zelensky, the so-called John Stewart of Ukraine, being offered to be evacuated from Kiev and saying, I need ammunition, not a ride. It's the Snake Island soldiers who told the Russian ship captain, go fuck yourself when asked to surrender. It's the former Miss Ukraine, Anastasia Lena, joining the Defense Force and vowing that all invaders will be killed. You know what small dick energy looks like? Claiming that a country is run by Nazis as a pretext to invade when it's actually run by a Jew who lost several family members in the Holocaust. I mean, come on, man. If you want him back, just say you want him back. Making up such transparent bullshit makes you look desperate. Small dick energy is hiding in your secret bunker while the opposing president is in a flak jacket leading his severely overmatched forces to keep you out of his city. I mean, seriously, Vlad, how does it feel to be a KGB operative turned strongman leader and having the entire world know you're losing a dick measuring contest with a beauty pageant winner and a stand-up comic. I speak of 
you being a loser. This is probably a good time to tell you that those shirtless pics you like to post aren't actually as impressive as your sniveling yes-men tell you they are. You mostly just look like you're a little too into horses. <laughs> so Vlad, Ukraine doesn't want you back. All this kicking and screaming just makes you look like a sad incel who can't bend over far enough to suck his own micro-penis. <laughs> Just stop digging and go home. Oh, wait, you're already home. I meant bring home Russia's constricted young people who are dying so you can feel like a real man. Fuck you. Here, here. Nicely done. All right, that's our show for this week. Uh, everyone, remember to follow us on Substack. You can subscribe. You'll get early episodes. You'll get access to bonus episodes. And you'll get access to our exclusive subscriber-only Discord channel where we're all going to be talking about Vladimir Putin's penis without you. Uh, <laughs> come back. We'll be back in two weeks. Same rat time. Same rat channel. Channel. And next episode is going to be our two-year anniversary. It'll be our 52nd episode. Oh, shit. Uh, so, you know, expect us to throw a giant party. And by that, I mean mention. <laughs> All right. See everyone in two weeks. Bye. Bye. Bye.